In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Uh, let's, let's start things off with some music. It's this sunrise and those brown eyes, yes. You're the one that I desire. When we wake up and then we make love, it makes me feel so nice. Daniel Caesar and her with Best Part. Daniel's a songwriter, as I mentioned, from Oshawa. If you're not as familiar with him, um, ask someone you know who's under 25 and they'll tell you about him. He had a major hit with the song Peaches with Justin Bieber. His songs have millions of streams, hundreds of millions of streams. In fact, that one, that uh, Best Part one, actually has over a billion. He became really well known for writing these romantic songs about love and longing that did really well on the internet. And romance is something that Daniel admits to being kind of obsessed with. But for his latest record, something else has been on his mind. He's been asking himself big questions like, what is enough? And what does it mean to be good? Where does true happiness and fulfillment come from? You know, those easy questions. How do I get back to the childlike innocence of the early parts of my career. Oh, sure. No, no problem. But these are the questions that Daniel is exploring on his latest album. It's called Never Enough. Exploring is definitely what I mean there because you're about to hear from someone who has achieved everything that I ever wanted and is coming to the realization that it wasn't enough. Daniel's up for five Juno Awards this year, including for Album of the Year. I spoke with Daniel when the record came out. Here's our conversation. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be here. This has blown my mind a little bit. Yeah. Because I, I think I talked to you in, I want to say, like my fourth month hosting this show. It was fresh, yeah. And you were new too. Yeah. Like I think it was one of your first interviews. Yeah. Definitely my first like made like of this caliber, you know what I mean? Like my first, yeah. It's it's a low caliber. No, the, no, uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I know it was my first show. one that I really didn't have to try very hard, yeah. in, you know. <laughs> but it's amazing to see sort of what's become of you, and it's amazing to hear on this record, um, maybe you reflecting on what's become of you. Yeah, the bio, which I know you don't write yourself says Daniel Caesar is on a journey, a path of self-actualization. Oh, I definitely said that, yeah. What does that mean? I was saying to someone, I love making albums because uh, I find out, I always think I know what I want to say, and then by the end of the album, I find out what I actually wanted to say. So it's kind of like a, a game I'm playing with myself. Where I realize, I realize more and more that I have no idea what I want or what I'm doing. 
I kind of show myself what I want. It's through my own actions that I surprise myself and I find out who I am. What did, what did you find out on listening back to this record then? I'll, I'll tell you what I heard, but you tell me first. A lot of good and a lot of bad, but definitely like uh, that I'm growing up, that I kind of resent that. So many things, but also, oh, um, never enough. Like I realized I have a, like a hole that I just, I'm going to keep filling with stuff until, until I die. You know what is the what is the hole? You have a hole in your, in you know, like a like a figurative hole. Yeah, I'm never just I'm just never satisfied. You know what I mean? As things have, because what I, it makes sense because what I was hearing was someone who has. When I first met you, you were saying to me things like, "Yeah, I think this might work out." You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll get nominated for a Juno, or like I don't know. Maybe we'll get to go on tour. That'd be pretty cool. You know, we just did a sold out show. That was all right. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel like every time I catch up with you, you're kind of like, yeah, it's getting a little bit. But like then it blew up. Yeah. And what I'm hearing on the record is someone kind of going, is this what I really wanted? Mm. And um, yeah, that's what I heard. Is this what I really wanted? And why, why do I need to do this? Is that the hole you're talking about? Yeah. But it's this tricky thing because it's like, it is what I wanted. It's just not what I thought it would be. You know what it is? It's like not Alice in Wonderland, the Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? You get to the end, you look behind the curtain, it's just some guy moving levers. I guess I got what I prayed for. Angels overhead. And yeah, it's not what I slave for. I work myself to death. You know oh, I, mean? I understand. You had this idea of like um, fame and success and and success yeah. in music is what I'm hungry for and what I want. Yeah. And then you you are one of the rare people because you're so talented mm. to actually get it. Yeah. And then you get it and you're like, this is this was it and this isn't what I thought it was going to be. What did you think it was going to be and what did it turn out to be? It's not. It wasn't really a surprise. I was just waiting on a feeling that turned out to be fleeting. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I was waiting on a feeling. It was just kind of like, all right, so many people thought I couldn't, I couldn't do it. They doubted me. And then you prove them wrong. And then it's, it's like all that um, resentment I had that I used as fuel to propel me to accomplish this thing. Now it's like I have no use for it anymore. Like I got to shift my, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would say like like anger or hatred or whatever, like they're, they are truly sources of fuel. But um, you have to be careful not to blow yourself up. It's very flammable. It's very like, you know what I mean? It's very unstable. You were using uh, anger and resentment and people not believing in you as a motivator to like make your dreams come true. I'm going to show them. Mm-hmm. And then your dreams came true and you were like, God, I, I was using that stuff for this. Yeah. And I'm, it's, it's like, and it makes perfect sense, but it's kind of like, what do I do with it now? Like an example is um, I had this boss. I used to, I'm like a professional dishwasher. If I wasn't a 
musician, I'd be a dishwasher. And um had this boss. She's just kind of miserable, you know, always yelling at me, like coming up the last job I had down on King Street. And um and then one day, you know, I think this might have been even post Juno or something like that. And uh, me and my guys, we go to that restaurant. It's the first time I've gone since I quit. And I think I just had this idea in my head, like, it's just going to be that, like, that moment where they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You were so right. And blah. It's just, you know what I mean? Just like this ridiculous idea in my head of um, retribution or something. Yeah. And then I get there and I see her and I say hi and she says hi. And then I'm instantly like, bro, what am I doing? Like. Yeah. This isn't, I'm really not that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, I, I, you're hit with like this wall of, wave of empathy where you're like, they're being, first of all, yeah. I'm a bad worker. I was not a good employee. <laughs> I was writing songs. I would not, I wouldn't employ me if, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're, you're, you're instantly kind of like, oh, I, I'm being unreasonable here. It sounds to me like you're learning like two beautiful lessons that people try to learn in life that I'm working on all the time, which is that desiring is always better than the getting. Yeah. The getting is never good as the desiring. Yeah. So if you can get rid of the desiring, things are pretty good. Yeah. And it is better to be compassionate and loving to people than to not be that way for both them and for you. It is selfishly good to be compassionate and loving to people. Sounds like those two things are happening. Yeah. And, but it's, it, I, I think it's important that it's, you don't get to reap the benefit of being compassionate if you're acting compassionate. I always used to think that if I yeah. act like a good person, yeah. then I'm a good person because of, you judge man by his actions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if you hold the door open for the, for the old lady coming through, yeah. then that's the type of guy that you are. Yeah. But if, if you do it, and your intention is not right, then you don't get to reap the benefit. Like you, yeah. you appear to be, which is part of like optics and you don't like, that's just cool. You actually have to love them. But you actually, if you don't, yeah, if you don't actually have the love in your heart, then you're not doing anyone any favors. So it's, it's, it's this tricky thing, but then you can't like, I just manufacture love. That's another thing. I keep hearing people talk about like, People talk about like self love and stuff like that as if it's like some sort of switch. It's just like, bro, like, just, what are you doing? Just love yourself or just love, like, just love your neighbor, you know, all this. And it's kind of just like I'm trying to figure out how you arrive at that place because I just, yeah. Baby, baby, there will always be space for you and me. I'm Tom Power. You are listening to Q. Daniel Caesar is my guest today. His new album is called Never Enough. And if you've been listening to our conversation this far, you might have picked up on the fact that Daniel is um, at a pretty interesting place in his career. He's had all this success, sold millions of records, like, you know, millions of streams, all these things he's always wanted and worked for for so many years. But now, I mean, surprise, surprise, he's realizing that maybe that's not where true happiness comes from. That's where our conversation picks up. It's not, it's not something you can just turn on and turn off. That love has to be developed through 
thinking and considering and and figuring out where that love is going to come from. Like it's for some people, it comes from a really spiritual place. You know, mm. like I know for you, you grew up in the church, right? Yeah. Like your dad was a uh, was involved, right? Your yeah, dad? he's like a like a I'm pretty sure, but like a elder. An elder, elder. Oh, sorry, an elder. elder. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Your first time with a microphone. <laughs> uh, your dad was inv- was was involved in the church. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can find access to that love, you know. Th- through that. So I'm sure when you were growing up, ah, I'm sure when you were growing up, you were like, oh, actions, you know, uh, Christian actions are the things that are important. Yeah. But, you know, they actually have to be motivated by by love for other yes, people. They have to want it. Yeah. Yeah. To want to do it. And it was pretty intense for you, right? Because, like, my understanding of you from thinking way back then was that you weren't really allowed to play secular music. Yeah, basically. Is that right? Well, it's, yeah, like... It was um, a point of contention. Like there were parameters that you could play with as far as ideas and music and like any sort of curse word or what the hell or something like that's not okay. There were just rules. And when you started writing songs, what were you writing them about? Just girls. What was the first one? Do you know? First one was a song called um, Shy That Way. I was just, I had a crush on this girl and I was shy, too shy to tell her. So I just made a song. How'd it go? Um, when I see you, my heart beats fast. I want to run, but I want this moment to last. Then I see, um, then it's just gonna scooch on over so that I can be close to you. And one thing that I'm willing to say is that whenever you're gone away, I miss you. Now I want to kiss you, but I can't. Cause I'm shy that way. Oh come on, that's beautiful. Did you end up recording that? Did you do that? I didn't, and now I'm listening. I'm like, that might that might be a hit. <laughs> Listen, I'm in the now. room. I'm in the room. All right, you know, yeah. I just, I'm just saying. You know, Let's go. you know, Caesar power would be great. But um, <laughs> what's what strikes me about that, going back to our conversation about love from a very early time, even though you were sort of raised around the church and 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 you were new to writing, you're you're writing about love. You're my water when I'm stuck in the desert You're the talent all I take when my head hurts You're the sunshine of my life You're, you're writing about romance. You're writing about romantic love. What do you make of that? I'm, like, obsessed with it. Yeah? I'm obsessed with it and kind of, like, yeah, very... It, I think it kind of goes to what we were talking about before. Like, I do... I've also realized throughout this process of the album like idealization or desire like i will see a woman and see the way she moves and moves to a room and how beautiful she is and now like i just make her this uh, on a pedestal you know what i mean just like i don't know how to stop doing that because i know that once once i have her then it's like oh she's a person like anybody else it's not it's really unfair to idealize any human being and make them out to be some sort of god because they're not. And once you meet them, it's a disappointment. It's like I feel pressure meeting like people like that are fans of me. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh, man, you, you're not gonna really enjoy this. Like I'm, I'm boring. You know what I mean? I'm like, or it's annoying. Like worse. Um, that, but that's just that's just the thing that we that we do. And so people also become not enough, yeah. never enough. 
yeah, we can put all of our hopes and dreams and and everything we are, we are missing in our lives into others, and we hope that they, but we re, we fail to realize that they are full, true people with their own hopes and dreams, yeah, and their own actualization and. True love is accepting that and bringing that into your life. Yes, it's yeah. exactly like true love is loving a person, not your idea of that person. Exactly. If you can't do that, you, yeah, you don't value human beings as much. You value, it's like, and then you, it's like this weird narcissistic, yeah. like. Yeah, but there's a lot of that in your industry. Yeah. There's a oh, lot of that in your industry. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. a lot of me above all. There's a lot of people in, in that industry in relationships that serve them, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of that going on, right? Yeah. And then like, cause I, I wanted to talk about, um, this in the context of please don't lean. And what I heard was you maybe setting some limit limits for yourself being like, there are a lot of responsibilities that come with a rapid rise to success and a lot of money invested in me and a lot of people who have jobs based on me yeah. and you may be putting up a couple of boundaries and a couple of limits. Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah. It break my heart, but I'd understand if you'd leave me for another man with a little less on his mind, less on his plate, less in his brain. Please do not on me. Yeah, just just being like mature enough to yeah tell someone that I want. To be enough for you, but like I know that I I can't be. Throughout the whole record, I feel like I'm hearing you go like, "This is this is a lot, and I need to figure out how I'm going to maneuver in it." Like, well, like take like Toronto yeah. 2014, right? It's a song on the record. It's a beautiful song, and it feels like to me like like let's let's continue your story. You are in the you're you're involved in the church. You start writing songs. The songs start doing really well. Your folks, I'm guessing, are not delighted that you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you leave home, right? Yeah. You, you left home. You were working as a dishwasher. You were you slept on the park bench for a little while. That's a big part a little, of it. Yeah. yeah little, maybe yeah. a couple nights. Yeah. That was, that was a part of the story. We don't have to get into it. Yeah. Then everything kind of explodes. But when I listen to 2014, I'm hearing you reflect on who you were in 2014 and maybe like try to get back to that. Yeah. Take me back to 2014, so I picked this morning, far along the journey. The future was alluring. On the other side of TVs, hoping that they see me. Yeah, because it was like simpler times. My favorite, one of my favorite quotes... Andy Bernard on The Office, he was like, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days while you were still in them, you know? And um, I miss, yeah, it's around 2014, it's just kind of like lamenting those days, like I was just broken in love and you're just focused on like the next steps. You weren't so... And have such a bird's eye view of everything and like worrying about how you're perceived and your legacy and all this stuff that like it doesn't it matters, but it doesn't matter, you know. But what do you what do you miss about that? I was more focused on like enjoying myself. I was more focused on what 
was actually all about, which was just making great songs that like I would respect if I heard someone else make them, you know what I mean? And like just miss my innocence not knowing certain things or coming to understand certain things about myself, about the public, about this whole this whole industry, like you know what I mean? Being an adult, I don't I don't I don't like it. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the time flies? Like a G5 jet in the turbulence, but we gonna make a home tonight. All right, all right, all right, all right. What's hard about the phase you're in right now? Because on the outside, it looks amazing. And it is. And that's the other thing. I don't want to. No, no, no. no this, yeah. is not, this is not the don't be. This is not the be grateful conversation. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Because we have to hold two things in one hand. We have to hold in one hand that you are remarkably successful and that comes with a certain amount of comfort and yeah. like, you know, financial comfort. Like you're all right, you're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's another hand. Yeah, and on yeah, the other hand it's just um it's a job. Yeah. One day one day I woke up and yeah. I realized that making music was my job. And I remember thinking to myself when I was younger, like, yo, wouldn't it be crazy to wake up and all I have to do is pick up my guitar and write a song? Like, I do that for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I make money off of things that I I would do for free, things I would go broke trying to do. You know what I mean? And now it's my job, and jobs are... It's hard to be good at your job if you're living through your emotion. You know what I mean? And my whole like write, write songs based off emotion. You know what I mean? There's just times where I just like I'll just get depressed and I just want to be in bed for a week straight. You know what yeah. I mean? I can't do it. There are too many people that rely on me. There's like even this morning, like I wanted to. I had just gotten back to New York. I've been traveling around for for a while. I just got back and then my assistant knocks on my door at 6 a.m. He's like, yo, it's time to get up. We got to go to Toronto. Yeah, and I was like, talk, talk to Tom Power. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And I was just like, oh, yeah, I agreed to do that last week. Like, sorry, I just want to curl up in my bed right sorry. now. And it's so, but think about it. It's so childish. Like, yeah, grow up. Like, it's you just get on the plane. It's, it's not that big a deal. But it's. It's the reality of the life that you desired. That's yeah. what we're talking about. It's the life. Answer me this. Does writing about this stuff help you figure this stuff out that you're struggling with, that you're working on? I think it does. I, it's like what comes to my mind to write. You know what I mean? It's like I definitely need to get through this, get this out of my system, because I'd love to make a love song album again. You know what I mean? But that's not where my head has been at. I'm like figuring out how to like loving myself. Are your folks proud? Are your folks proud of you? They are. We're actually really great. They got past the. Yeah, we're great, and we've we've come to an understanding. We've like learned a lot from each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm actually eternally grateful for that. You know what I mean? It's it's um. Yeah, I feel like I'm growing up, and that's one of the good parts of growing up. I'm trying to breathe Why won't you let me I'm trying to leave 
please just forget me Hang on to sleep Our sun is setting And hardly believe This got so messy Daniel Caesar and Let Me Go from his Juno-nominated album, Never Enough. Uh, More with Daniel Caesar coming up in just a minute. We're going to talk about his gigantic hit, Peaches, he made with a fellow Canadian, Preston Manning. No, I'm only joking. Uh, Justin Bieber. More with uh, Daniel Caesar after this on cue. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with Daniel Caesar, who has received five nominations at this year's Juno Awards including Album of the Year for his album, Never Enough. Daniel is a songwriter from Oshawa, Ontario. And in the first part of our conversation, we were talking about how his life has changed. I mean, this is a guy who started out sleeping on park benches and then became a massive success, you know, literally billions of streams of his music. But some of the harder parts that come along with that. You know, one of the good things that comes along with fame and success is, I don't know, you're the old days, you say you get a different kind of Rolodex. And even though I'm 36, I still say... Rolodex. Anyway, you get the opportunity to collaborate with some pretty huge musicians. Daniel got that opportunity not that long ago uh, when Justin Bieber reached out to him. That's where our conversation picks up. It was wild to know you for a while now. And like, again, like I, I got to know you when you were a kid. And I was a kid too. It was like six years ago. Yeah. So I was 29 or 28. And you were like 21, 22. Yeah, I would say about 21, right? Yeah. And then when you had the big hit, Daniel, with Peaches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was, yeah, I was thinking about, yeah, it's really massive. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I get my weed from California. That's that. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. That was the biggest song in the entire world for a really long time. Yeah. It was your song with Justin Bieber. Can you tell me how that song came together? How did that? How did you end up on that? What? I've always I had like um, sang at his wedding. His wife Haley actually like kind of a and R'd that record. Um, he uh, came up with the piano line, and then she was like, "Yo, you gotta send like Daniel would be great for this. You gotta send it over to him." 
And then her friend, her best friend, Justine, was dating uh, Giveon at the time. So then they sent it over to him as well. And we were all just in different places. I was in um, France working on this record. And but yeah, I just I just cut it. I got to have my my little brother help me out with it. It was great. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. I see that on the credit. How, how did he end up? He's a co-writer on it. Yeah, he's a co-writer. Um, we were all we we basically just did a writing camp. We went to the south of France and did like a writing camp for about two weeks, and that was just one of the songs on the on the docket to work on. I was just freestyling melodies, and then they would just throw out lines to you know to to make the song work. When did you realize that song was exploding? We kind of just knew it would from before. I was like, yeah. it's a great, it's a really cool song. It's Justin, you know what I mean? It's, it's a perfect recipe. I didn't doubt for a second that it wouldn't be a big song. It's a, it was not a big song. It was a massive, massive, massive yeah. song. What does it mean for you to share that Peach's like songwriting success with your brother? It's really special. Um, I just feel like a good big brother being able to like, you know what I mean? Like shared that experience with him. And he's so amazing. Like he deserves the world. He's just so gentle and shy. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like I can take the hit for him. He can follow behind. He's just going to, he's going to do amazing things. And I'm just, yeah, it's just really special to be able to like be the one to kind of lead him in there, sneak him in there. There was a, there was a line on the record I wanted to ask you about before we go, and, and I know you got to go soon because you got more of this to do. But I, I wanted to ask you about a line on the on the record. It's from the um, "Pain Is Inevitable" song. Yeah, good song. Thank you. Now I'm a product that must turn a profit. Talk to me about writing that song. Yeah. That one was special. That was one of those ones that just kind of flowed, you know what I mean? Felt like a little bit of a antenna, just receiving it. There's a lot of ego involved in what I do. Gratification of self, gratification of the ego. Very competitive. So, like, there's still things that I have to... I feel in myself that I need to prove. I I miss my innocence. I miss I miss not knowing what I know about life. You know what I mean? And I wish there was a time you would just wake up and you'd be like, "Man, I'm just gonna write beautiful songs and change the world, and you know, all all this yeah. and all that." And um. And not to say that I don't, I still believe that, I still think that all the time, but there's like, I just know what it takes and I'm aware of the sacrifices necessary and I'm aware of the ways that I'm going to change for better, for worse. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, there are people that I should call more that I don't call because I, or sometimes when I, when I, when I go back home and there's some drama going on at work and I just, I know that I just need to be present and put my phone down, but I can't yeah. I go back to Oshawa. It's just, it's too slow. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, 
where you go on tour and every day you wake up in a new city and then you come back home and you're supposed to just like go to the grocery store and pick out tomatoes after just having woken up in a new city every day. You can't just slow life down again and just be appreciate the simple things in the same way. Have you figured out a way to bring some of that childishness, that innocence, that beginnersness to your life now? Um Yeah, you know what? Honestly, when I because I it probably sounds I was in a bad place, I guess, for a a good part of this album, but you when were? I was for for a little bit of it. Also in a great place. Yeah, I'm just so you were emotional a little bit. You were. all over the place. Yeah, but I'm in the like the I'm actually so happy right now. I've been in a really good place. Um, just because of taking care, better care of myself. You actually, I didn't realize like how big of a deal that is. But just like eating, eating nonsense and just getting drunk all the time. And, yeah, you know. So what are you doing? What are you doing differently now? I just started working out. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Things are just brighter. You know what I mean? And you're less like end of the world desk. But when you're when I was recording the album and when you're working bad hours and I don't have a you don't have a schedule or whatever, then that's when you fall into all of the the drinking and the drugs and the the the, the sleeping bad hours. And then you look at the world like they took away my innocence. Uh, I'm gonna get you. But when I take care of myself, I feel yeah, I feel playful. I feel fun all the time. And this job, like it's this weird. I feel like I talk and I contradict myself constantly because like it's also in this in this industry generally people don't grow up they're also kind of like frozen in time as like the last time that they were in the real world being responsible it's kind of just like a Peter Pan sort of industry you know what I mean so there, I definitely suffer from that as well you know what I mean I in relationships I see myself in relationships and I'm like Oh, are you, I'm like 18 still. You know what I mean? So I'm still childish, but also not at all. Yeah, and the the childishness is a good thing. That beginnersness, that I want to get up and write songs. Yeah. And I want to write songs that are beautiful and I don't want to think about the job part of this. That's a beautiful thing to maintain. You know, that's the beginner's mind, they call that. That's the thing you yeah. want to keep. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're 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 coming around to bringing it back into your life. I think so. Things move in cycles or phases. That's a great record. It's my favorite record of yours. That thank you, man. That yeah. honestly sounds so yeah. I always love talking to you. Me too. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, man.
Caesar and Do You Like Me? Yes, I do. I remember having Daniel in for his first ever interview. I don't know. Maybe there's something about that when you have guests in who are like, I don't know. I've never done a show like this before. But maybe when you have guests in when they're starting out and they have success, you feel it's a different, different kind of feeling for me. I'm, I'm just I'm pride. I think I feel proud and I feel like I'm in it with them. Daniel Caesar, his new album is called Never Enough. It's up for album of the year at this year's Junos. The awards take place Sunday night, March 24th. Speaking of the Junos, the other conversation we have up today is with uh, one of the folks up for, let me just check here, I think it's, yeah, gr- uh, rock album of the year at the Junos, and also up for a uh, group of the year. It's my paper. Uh, the Beaches from Toronto are here to talk about what happens when you write a song. Well, so just quickly get, to get into the story. Drop from the label, management gives them an ultimatum, go through a devastating breakup, write a song about the breakup, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. Go check out my conversation with the Beaches, wherever you get your podcasts. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.